This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. Hopefully everybody's having a great Monday listening to Mariner baseball. Spring training well underway. You've got players taking off for the WBC. And uh, we just sit back and, and count the days down to regular season game number one. I cannot wait, Dave. I can't wait for spring training for the time yeah. we're out there. But equally, almost equally, looking forward to game number one. Get the season going. I want to see what this team looks like. My countdown is to March 20th when I fly down to Arizona. <laughs> you guys are going on the 19th, you and uh, Thumb, right? Uh, I think the 18th. You're going... Oh, I'm maybe I'm going on the 19th. I hope you're going on the 19th. <laughs> okay. We're going on the 18th. I am. I am. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, man, and hopefully it'll be a little warmer down there. Those guys last week. <laughs> that's kind of I shouldn't laugh at them. I mean, that's kind of a bummer. You go to yeah, Arizona. Go you go to Arizona, you think, "Ah, it's going to be nice and warm down there." They're down there with snow hats on, but anyway, they they did a good job and uh yeah, that's the the next big thing and then the regular season, it'll just be really interesting. I, I was just just Checking out a little breakdown of um, of Jared Kelnick's swing and that mm-hmm. they were doing on MLB Network and how it's much more relaxed and everything. And I think they said that he leads the the Cactus League in home runs. He's got four. He's got four of them. Yeah, so yeah. It's all he's batting over four hundred. Yep, yep. Don't uh-huh. need that, right? Don't necessarily. I mean, it would be great, but don't necessarily need that much. You just need him. Somewhere, if he wants to give that much, I'm we're here for it. <laughs> you sound like Cal Raleigh. <laughs> oh, if guys want to hit home runs, he's allowed they can, to. They can do that. He's allowed to do as much yeah. as he wants, Dave. So, yeah. But I mean, it's it's working out really well, and I, I think it's just been very gradual. But I mean, look, if you would have told us after you know a week and a half or two weeks, whatever it's been, uh, what are they? They're five and five now after ten five games. And six that he would be at this point. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be like, I'll take that. Yeah, oh, heck yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, and we've talked about it. We'll get into it later in the show, but I, I think for him, it, it just means more than we typically attribute to a player, good or bad. He's somebody struggling. You always sort of, all right, yeah, they're they're getting through it. They're finding their timing. They're working on this, working on that. Or if they're crushing up there, you're like, okay, well, let's. You know, often going up against guys that are going to be in the minors and they're not facing the best of the best every game. You, you sort of qualify it either way. But in this situation, I just think for Kelnick, who struggled as much as he has, it's it's nothing but good. And hopefully it carries over. So we'll talk talk more about the Mariners coming up. Meanwhile, the Combine is in the books. Dave, did you... Did you take in a whole bunch of it, a little bit of it? What was your uh, what was your viewing schedule like? I took in quite a bit of it. Uh, I liked watching, you know, the offensive linemen. I did watch a little bit of that, and I'll have to look his name up. But the one kid from BYU uh, looked really good as an O lineman. But you know, the running backs I thought were were interesting to watch, and then. You know, just uh, the, the big quarterback carousel that's going on there, and just watching those guys throw, it was uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Did you watch much of that? Or I did. I, w- I watched a whole bunch of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, do they not? Uh, do they not televise the bench press at all outside of little clips now? No, not that I've seen anyway. I saw one year where they had the guy who did the most. They did it fast forward. You know, or he's they sped up the film just so you didn't have to sit there and wait because it's kind of boring. 
And, I, you know, it's funny, too. Um, I, I mentioned this, and I'll have to look at what the numbers are now, but at one point it was like 32 was the, the most reps that anyone got, and that was before the offensive lineman got through. But I was like, man, I, I just think in my day it was more 35 to 40. Yeah, a little bit of breaking news here, according to multiple sources on uh, on Twitter. Here, this is from Tom Pelissero. The Seahawks and Pro Bowl quarterback Geno Smith are finalizing a new multi-year contract. Uh, he would have become a free agent, obviously. And then I'm seeing others that have details uh, attached to it. Jordan Schultz reporting the Seahawks are finalizing a three-year contract extension worth $105 million with the ability to earn $52 million in the first calendar year, sources tell the score. So, uh, yeah, multiple sources talking about a three-year, $105 million deal. Does not talk about how much is guaranteed, but it appears that they are in agreement, and uh, we'll, we'll see when the official word comes out. But there you go. No kidding. What was the, the source? Uh, it was from Tom Pelissaro. Oh, it's from Jordan Schultz. It's from uh, Dove Kleinman. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of sources out there reporting it now. Yeah, I'm just looking at it like it. it, it it doesn't pop up on any page, but what does pop up, why it may not make sense for Seahawks to retain Geno Smith's services in 2023. So, mm. yeah, uh, interesting and kind of kind of thought that. But, you, you know, we didn't know for a while the most, and we'll see if it's official, right? But the most I thought uh, maybe this is going to go sideways mm-hmm. was when Geno started tweeting out a whole bunch of stuff. And I thought, oh, is he not getting what he wants? What's what's the deal there? Can you one more time hit me with the details? Uh, three years, three years, one hundred and five million. I don't see anything about guarantees. How much of it's guaranteed? I'm not seeing yet in any of these uh, any of these tweets. So what? Thirty four, thirty five million, tr- close to that. And the, on, the only other detail I'm deal. seeing in a, co- a couple of them is the ability to earn fifty two million in the first calendar year. So. Wow, how that works? I don't know. Roster bonuses, hitting all the incentives, his his base pay, whatever bonus. Who knows? We'll get we'll get all the details as to what that means. But uh, yeah, uh, as far as a guarantee, still not still not seeing that one yet. But uh, that's that's the news. Geno Smith looks like he's been locked up uh, by the Seattle Seahawks. So we'll see how that impacts their draft strategy. Uh, it was it was interesting because we talked this whole time about the fact that. You didn't hear much about other teams being involved, and it kind of felt like maybe they were just, if they're bidding, so to speak, they were bidding against themselves, and they they got it done, and I assume they got it done at a number they're comfortable with because as we talked to John Schneider, asked him about a drop-dead number, just something you look at and go, nope, we just can't go there. Obviously, they could go here. I think it's interesting that, so having watched all the stuff, this this weekend with the NFL and the combine and you know how some of the things and we used to talk about the teams that get fooled by the combine you always kind of wonder about right like mm-hmm. why you know why is it uh, that they don't really they put that much into it it's kind of the same thing with Gino to me that you don't trust that one year I mean I think that more than anything with the the rest of the NFL. The Seahawks obviously see the value in him. They know him very well. So obviously they offered more. Now, we don't know. Maybe uh, maybe if it was another team and they offered an extra million a year, two million a year. If you're Geno, you're just like, eh, no, I know this place. I know I, I can have a better year here. But I just think it's interesting that that's one of the sort of failures of the NFL, 
like I said, you know, putting too much stock, you know, this Anthony Richardson, which we'll get to that you talked about, um, is maybe just over the top as far as his performance was really good. But is that really going to, you know, make someone choose him in the top five or ahead of any of these other quarterbacks with the, the numbers that he has? And we'll talk to the play-by-play guy, Sean Kelly, later on about that. But, uh, yeah, so I, I just think it's it's interesting that other teams weren't going to see what the Seahawks saw. And I, I think I think that was a mistake. I, I think that, you for know. For other teams? Yeah, I do. But, hey, good news for the Seahawks. And I do think it did have to do with those two things. Number one, didn't know him. Number two um, was that he, why did it take until his 10th year? To, to do what he did. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. What do you, so, so if you want to play that cut, I can throw it here. Sure. What you guys are talking about? If there was that number that Schneider talked about, yeah, you I got it. You go here. into those discussions already having that number in mind. Yeah, but, that, but Bob, that's in any negotiation, right? I mean, there's a, there's a there's a drop dead number. Sure, absolutely. Um, no, we're not going to go there, right? And and you know that's. You know, it sounds cold, but like any negotiation I've ever ever been, you know, it's like okay, that's that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is that with everybody, of course. But uh, yeah, very very interesting that um, you know that they were able to get him signed, and seems like it's been done without too much. When's the last time we heard from Gino on the Twitter? Uh, I, don't, while, I haven't right? checked. I can I can look and see if he's responded to any of this or if he's tweeted as of late. I don't often check in with him. Hopefully but... he's up, upstairs at the VMAX signing something right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it's getting done. If it's being leaked out, um, yeah. No, five hours ago, he just tweeted out, thank you, Lord. Okay. So maybe that was I'm thinking in reference that might to what be was it. to come. <laughs> Could just be a thankful day. I don't know. It was probably getting close, knew it was getting done, and, and there you go. So... A huge uh, year out of nowhere for him turns into a three-year extension. This is a guy who's been signing one-year deals for a number of years. And at, you know, last year he was what three and a half million with incentives. Got it up to seven million, I think, is what it was. It was a guarantee, I mm-hmm. think, of three point five million, and then yes. reaching all the incentives, he made seven million. Um, yeah, nice little raise, nice little bump in salary for Gino. So there you go. You've got your. Now they still have to figure out a backup. You don't currently have a bet. He's right now your only quarterback on the roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you'll I don't know if they if they want to go after Drew Locke again or maybe they're gonna go draft. Uh you know, maybe it's both. We'll we'll see what what this does and how this changes anything, if at all. I am I'm assuming they've been on this the whole time as they've talked about. So this was plan A and if we get him locked up, which coincidentally happens right before the uh franchise franchise tag deadline. I think that's one PM tomorrow. Yeah, Isn't it left Tuesday? Yeah. Yep. So they they had that deadline coming, and we we talked about that. A, a it can be used for two things. Hey, we're going to put this tag on you. This is so we can hammer out all the details, and you know, be it uninterrupted, if you will. We're going to work this deal out, but you've got a thirty-two and a half million dollar guarantee. If for some reason it all goes south, I don't think it would have been. And we talked about it being a potentially fruitful thing for him if he were to. Go, you know what? Give me that franchise tag for a year, and I'm going to jump back into this free agent pool next year when the numbers go even higher. I'm going to have another great year, and I'm going to clean up even more. So he's kind of in a win-win situation. Kirk Cousins was kind of that the The author of of that, right? The king of it. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's uh, now the question is, and if this all is true, do you think that? 
they still would you be mad at them if they still took a quarterback with that fifth pick or if they moved back even in the top 10 and picked a guy because that might be what they're thinking that we're not going to sign Drew Locke and we're going to get a quarterback of the future that and we'll hear later from Sean Kelly at Florida that the kid down there Anthony Richardson's pretty raw mm-hmm. pretty raw incredible athlete incredible athlete but you know maybe he sits behind Gino for a, a little while there and you know they they figure something else out yeah i would i be mad at him no no if they've we've said that the whole time if they've got a conviction about a specific player whether it's a quarterback whether it's a a position we just don't expect they they go i don't know wide receiver there i certainly scratch my head and go huh didn't see that one coming but all right you know i'm i'm going to trust their judgment especially on the heels of last year's draft i'm going to all right i'm riding with you it yeah. doesn't make sense on the surface but yeah it'd probably be something like that but yeah if they go quarterback if it's Richardson, if it's somebody else, because I sent you that thing last night that had the, um, I think it was the odds, all of a sudden made Richardson the favorite to go number one or something like. I'm going okay, let's let's take a breath here. I know he was spectacular in, in the way of being an athlete, but I don't know that any of that was a surprise. That's what we had heard about him going into this, and the only person I saw that had him, and and there's a million mock drafts, so somebody may have seen ones we didn't get to because we we got to a whole bunch of them. The only one I saw that had him in the top 10 was Mel Kuyper when he had the Seahawks trading out of five down to nine with the Panthers. Right. And then taking, and they were taking Levis at five, and the Seahawks were taking Richardson at nine. That's the only mock draft that we've gone through so far I can think of that had him in the top 10 prior to this combine. Yeah. Well, he's not even the best guy in, in the draft out of Florida, yeah. University of Florida. This Cyrus, uh, Osiris Tor- Torrance is so much, such a good player, really solid, and he's going to be a first rounder. So, yeah, I think, you know, look, I, teams, I think, mostly know better. And, you know, I wouldn't be inter- uh, surprised to see him drop to, you know, the, the late first round or maybe even a second rounder, Anthony Richardson. You know, I was watching uh, Daniel Jeremiah is a guy that I, I guess it, he used to annoy me because he would use twitchy and all these different terms and different words and everything. But I, I found out that he's good friends with Brock, so he must be good people. And then mm. also he does a really good job. He really does of an analyzing things and uh, all the hype and everything over a guy like Anthony Richardson, that comes from the media. And, and people that are running the show and stuff like that. There's a very distinct difference. It's almost like awards voting, you know, but there's a very big difference between that and then the people that are analyzing him. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at what, what the NFL, the quarterback coaches, uh, guys like John Schneider, you know, uh, all the scouts, everything, that doesn't get dragged in there into, okay, we're going to, you know, take him number five instead of number 10 or something like that. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it happens with us in the media. And yeah, he won the combine. He was fantastic. But that's just not the way it goes in most rooms in the NFL. Yeah, it's uh, it, it feels like this is falling into place for them. This was plan A. This is, this is a, a good thing. I think the weekend was a good thing for the Seahawks. I think it was a really good thing, personally, that that Richardson's getting the hype that he's getting mm-hmm. and that that uh, C.J. Stroud, everybody's buzzing over him. Now, Bryce Young didn't throw. He got measured out there, and he's a little dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's a small he guy. Will Levis showing off the cannon. He's got a cannon, wants to show it off. Uh, yeah. And 
I hope all those guys will have their personal days and, and I hope they all crush it. Like we talked about in the beginning. And I hope that, that Richardson is moving up the draft boards into that top five spot. Cause even if Seahawks win either way in that scenario, if they want him, he's there. If they don't want him, somebody else is going to want him, and it makes their number five spot even more valuable. Or, you know, the two te- teams in front of them don't need quarterbacks, presumably, the Bears and the Cardinals, maybe tra- just throwing out all the possible scenarios here, maybe they trade out of their picks. So then you've got four quarterbacks going in the top five. So if the Seahawks want to go Jalen Carter or any other defensive player they they seek out there, feels like it's theirs to be had. It just feels like they kind of win Regardless of the scenario, yeah, that's yeah. How, that's how I viewed this weekend. I, I hope so. I hope that 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 does uh, creep into other people's minds that they need to, you know, reach for it or whatever. Like we said, desperation. Anybody that's desperate that's sitting behind the Seahawks to get a quarterback, and you know, and and to me, just looking, not only looking at the numbers and looking at his highlights and things like that. C.J. Stroud, man, that. That was the one of the more impressive workouts I've seen as far as throwing the ball. That ball does just flies out of his hands. It's totally effortless. Would and you feel any different if he played for another college other than yes, Ohio I State? Would. <laughs> That's just, Especially if the Bears were on the clock. I'm telling you, that gives me just a little bit of pause. I'm looking at it. I watch the same thing. We go, man, dude looks good. Oh he looks God. really good. And then you're going, but he's from Ohio State. That can't be a thing, but it is. It has been. Well, it it creeps into my mind when you bring it up. But when I was watching it, I like every other quarterback had some hitch or something, and his was just just flowed out of him, and you know, almost like like sweat pouring out of his pores. I mean, it was just unbelievable what what uh, how easy and effortlessly, and also he has the numbers to back it up. I mean, he's played. You know, one of his best games was against Georgia. And, you know, he had 8,000 8, yards in two years. Now, he hasn't played in a lot of games, 26. But to me, that's the best That's the best thrower right there. 72% uh, his junior year. Or actually, it was his second freshman year, redshirt freshman year. And then uh, his junior year threw for almost 4,000 again. So, yeah, that guy, to me, uh, he should be the first quarterback in my view. Yeah, we'll we'll see how you know these guys will have their their pro days, and you know everybody will go, and they'll come out of those presumably buzzing about how great everybody looked, and and you know that I found myself trying to you know talking to the TV, if you will, all these people that are buzzing and going nuts. I'm like, guys, there's no pass rush, there's no gear they're wearing, they're in yeah. shorts and t-shirts, and they're out there, and I'm not discounting their athletic ability or what they're doing, but those guys know better than anybody, and I know it's their job to hype it up, but. I'd be curious to see how the minds of GMs have shifted on somebody like Richardson. Like, where were you before the combine in the way you viewed him? And where are you now? Because you knew he was an athlete. That was what was talked about in sort of his breakdowns. And even Mel Kuyper talking about he's raw, but he's got the, he's just this ridiculous athlete and size. And so he kind of maybe did better than what people thought in terms of his 40 and things like that. But I don't think him being an athlete, you know, to the level and the size that he is is a surprise to anybody. So it just becomes, what does he look like when he's in in pads and a helmet and he's got monsters coming at him? Mm-hmm. Does the footwork get better? Does the accuracy get better? Does it, you know, does that change your mind about any of those concerns? What you saw this weekend? Yeah, I, to me, it does for like an hour. 
yeah. <laughs> you know, until afterwards. And then you go, OK, let's go back and look at his games. Let's look at his film. And, you know, and that's that's the thing, too. You got to look at games. And I was looking at some of Anthony Richardson's and, you know, the accuracy throw a couple in the dirt and you see the bad plays and you go, OK, but you do see, you know, the the upside. But I don't think the disciplined ones do at all. You know, I think more than anything, and it sounds like, and you tell me if I'm wrong, it sounds like with Schneider, it's more about the interviews. Yeah. You know, um, of course he talked about the health, you know, that's, that's number one health is, I mean, that's the one thing that can kill a, a career. Trust me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that it, to me, I think that what kind of a person is he, what kind of a guy is he a quick learner, get him on the board, things like that. I feel like Anthony Richardson's like a project. Yeah, he he feels like it. He, I mean, he's, he's certainly got the tools, and he is a freakish athlete, and he is a big dude. He's, he's got a big arm. Forty, is he oh that gosh. big? Yeah, is that what he weighed in at? Well, he was listed at two forty four. Okay, and I was just looking at his ESPN page. I'm at two thirty two, but oh, I don't really? know what he weighed in at at the uh, combine. They got yeah. all the official numbers there, but uh, either way, two thirty two, two forty. He's a large guy. Yeah, he's a big dude, and he's he's put together. I I read an interview. Where, you know, because people always compared him to Cam Newton because Cam was a very big guy. Uh, what was he? Six five, I think, Cam? Yeah, he um, was huge. And he said he liked him and he liked Lamar Jackson, so he used to call himself Cam Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> which, you know, hey, those are those are two guys that, you know, on the field could do special things. So not 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 a bad pair to emulate. But he um he he's but then you look at the numbers from last year and you go, okay, passing numbers weren't great. 53.8%. You're going, yeah. yikes. And I heard somebody on NFL Network going, well, so-and-so went through all of his incompletions. And rather than just looking at that overall number and, well, there, you know, those weren't all his fault. Okay, I'm guessing that's true with any quarterback you look at incompletions. They're not all their fault. Yeah. But 53.8%. Is that how much? How much was not his fault? Would it bring it up to fifty six percent, fifty seven? You know, I mean, it's. I don't know. You, you, yeah, we can qualify each each missed throw there and say, well, he's throwing it out of bounds or he's throwing it here, what have you. But there's still an accuracy thing. And he even said, I saw an interview where they talked about what he needed to work on or what his weakness was or something along those lines. He said, footwork. I got to work on my footwork. And some were talking about, well, that's his footwork or lack thereof is what was leading to some of those, uh, a good chunk of those uh, uh, incompletions. You know, and the, uh, this is what I'm hearing from the analysts talking about them things. I'd like you, I'm not saying we're not watching Florida games every weekend. So you're just looking at highlights and you're looking at numbers and then people breaking them down who are going, going back through the game film. So that was kind of what I was hearing about him. Uh, to me, it's one of the more concerning stats. Uh, I'm a huge fan of completion percentage. And remember Jake Locker? And that was the thing that they said they sort of missed on is that they thought he would get more accurate as, you know, and you look at his college numbers, 55, 54, 58 was his best. His freshman year, it was 47. He didn't throw a lot of passes, 328 attempts. But yeah, and that's, it just didn't work out in the NFL for him. So, you know, accuracy is, is key. And yeah, he's a great athlete and everything, but I feel like the Seahawks aren't the kind of team that's going to fall for that. All right, coming up, uh, the the text line is there for you if you guys want to weigh in on the Geno deal in case you missed it. Geno Smith and the Seahawks, according to multiple sources, have agreed to a three-year extension worth $105 million. 
Haven't seen anything on the guaranteed part of it yet, uh, but we will pass that along as soon as we see that. But how do you feel about that deal? 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. We'll come back, talk about what this deal means for the Seahawks and the rest of their offseason. That's coming up with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. The big news, in case you are just tuning in, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks agreeing to a three-year extension worth $105 million, according to multiple sources out there. Still awaiting all of the details in terms of guarantees and things like that, but uh, the only other detail outside of that we've seen to this point is that in the first calendar year, he can earn up to $52 million. So we'll see exactly what that means and what he would have to do in order to... That might mean Pro Bowl, playoffs, Super Bowl, you know, some incentives in there, you know, those kind of incentives. Who knows? So we'll we'll see what uh, what what that means in order to achieve that number. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Uh, about 34 and change. I just I remember hearing early on, that Gino wanted around 40. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was one of those that was going to be undoable. So, you know, it's he's still getting a, a good amount, especially if that's that's the case. Again, we don't have the details, but if he's going to get $52 million in the first calendar year, that's pretty incredible. That's it, a, that's yeah. a front-loaded deal. I, I would assume he has to do a lot. In order. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see, okay, He's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, in any other business, Dave, where they've got bonuses attached to your performance. And, hey, you could make an extra blub, 30 grand a year if you do this, this, and this. You're like, well, you know, some of that you're in control of, some of it you're not. Well, and you let know me how ask, that goes. Yeah. And, but let me ask you this. <laughs> if where you put those numbers, so let's say it's a completion percentage, uh, touchdowns, interceptions. And I'd, I'd have to believe it's Pro Bowl, it's playoff wins. All right. If you yeah. get to the. The title game, you know, the NFC title game, if you get to the Super Bowl, if you win the Super Bowl, if you're the Super Bowl MVP, I mean, there could be all kinds of incentives in there. Right. And some of those things he can't control, right? Like the Pro Bowl, but you can control like your completion percentage and all that. Would you be okay with the year that he had last year? Like that's the standard for you to get your bonuses? Or would would I be as a fan? Would I be okay with it? Yeah, I'd be super okay with it. I'm just saying if you're the GM. You know, yeah. if you're, you're the GM, are you sitting there going, hey, look, this is what we need you to do. Just do what you did last year. And I mentioned those three games that he played in 2021. He was one and two. Uh, so win-loss percentage, but uh, 68.4% completion, 702 yards, five touchdowns, and only one interception. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those were good numbers. And, you know, so you could say he's had back-to-back, although three games isn't much of a season. But still, I am, I'm wondering if if some of those things are, like his statistics, be the kind of player that you were last year at least. I would think that would be – I would be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of people weighing in. Again, you guys can weigh in 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. How do you feel about the deal? In case you just tuned in, again, uh, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks agreeing to a three-year extension worth $105 million. No word on the guarantees. Can make up to $52 million in the first calendar year. Um, we'll see what the details are 
as they come out. But right now, the 425 saying 52 million in year one. What a joke. Well, it's not that I'm going to guess there are a ton of incentives. He's got a markers. He's got to reach in order to bring it up to that number. Um, Guess the Hawks are content just making the playoffs and exiting in the rounds one or two. Not going to win a Super Bowl with Geno at quarterback, says the 425. This question, is Geno better than Brock Purdy? I mean, because that's kind of what, if you you think that may be some kind of a model that the NFL is going that way. I mean, they have incredible offensive and defensive linemen. Um, They have, you know, a couple of guys that are really explosive. And then you just, you know, plug your quarterback. I think he's a better quarterback than than Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy was only a rookie, so it's not really fair to him. But still, you know, I feel like. Who got thrown in in the middle of the season versus yeah. having training camp, being anointed yeah. the starter, getting all the reps. Well, and he's a rookie. I mean, that's all yeah. you need to say. Yeah. But still, I, I I think, yeah, that's that's not – I don't think they're signing him because they think, oh, he's going to get us to the playoffs. Uh, let's see. Uh, four two five. my ignorant self thinks that's way too much, but I trust Pete and John, so let's go Gino. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Is his performance last year a $52 million season is the question. No, it isn't. And the only person who could probably make that argument is Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and maybe to a little lesser extent, Jalen Hurts. I mean, come on, $52 million. Um, Let's see. Uh, others saying, so hyped, great deal, says the 206. Uh, another 206, ridiculous Geno Smith contract. We are going to regret this. Uh, another 206, happy for Gino, but feels like the Hawks were bidding against themselves. That said, not sure how inspired how inspired a low-balled Gino would perform. Um, let's see, my opinion, this is a 509, if this is real, which I'm, this is coming from multiple, multiple sources, and we saw it on ESPN during the break, so I'll say it's real. They obviously believe, so sign Drew to the same three-year $21 million deal. Now go defense till late, then a project quarterback. All right. Yeah, I mean, as far as project quarterbacks, they had one last year here. Now he's a free agent, but we'll we'll see what happens with uh, with him because I, I feel like that's uh, less of a risk than taking somebody out of college. You, yeah, you really you've got don't. somebody who's succeeded at this level against the best there is. Yeah, we, we're projecting what these all these guys are going to do against the best. We haven't seen them. Uh, Three six zero Gino deal seems like a recipe for mediocrity. Love Gino, hate this deal. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll again, well, I w- for those that are negative on this or anti this deal or Gino would have you, let's wait and see what the guarantees are. And maybe there's out, you know, hey, they're going to pay him this much in the first year potentially. But then there's an out here. They could they, the cap hit will be, you know, minimal if they get rid of him after a year or two years. I mean, there's all those details that are involved with every contract out there that we don't know yet. Yeah. So I, I'm sure it's not a fully guaranteed contract. We haven't heard that. There, again, there's always money pushed around to where they can get out of it if they want to and take a minimal cap hit, and maybe that's how they structured it. We have no idea at this point. Yeah. Well, and look, here's the thing. Uh, 509 says, okay, Dave, the 49ers have a bunch of other pieces around Purdy, something the Seahawks don't have. I, I think it's something that they're they're working on getting because they had that draft last year. And, you know, two offensive tackles you got out of that. You look at the defensive backfield, you got a couple there. And now they have a number five pick, a number 20 pick. You know, what do they have, five picks before pick number 54, 55? They got four picks. Four picks. Uh, I mean, this is, this is a, a huge opportunity for them to do exactly that. 
And so, yeah, that's, I mean, look, that's that's hard to, they got Trent Williams, you know, they got Nick Bosa. I mean, those are the kind of players you're looking for, though. You're looking for, you know, to get drafted in the, especially in the top 10, which will be their second time in a row. So yeah. you get a huge, solid offensive tackle. We'll see if they get somebody on the defensive line, like a Deron Payne type of player. You know, you can build around that, man. And that's uh, that's what I'm talking about with Purdy. Yeah, lot lots of texts coming in two five three thirty five million a year is more than I would have paid. But what do I know? <laughs> Says the two five three. I like that they're saying that. The other guy saying it doesn't feel good to me, but I believe in Pete and John. So go Gino. Yeah. So it feels like people have a little bit of sticker shock so far. Um, let's see, Muhammad in the two oh six. I'm a new listener, and I think it's a great deal considering what Daniel Jones is going to get paid. We got a bargain. I uh, just wonder how much guarantee Gino's going to get. Yeah, we'll we'll all figure that out. That's that's the part. That's the lesson we learn year after year after year with with the professor, right? We we we'd always throw out John. What do you think of this new deal that Gino signed or someone that Derek Carr signed? What do you think? Well, it says it's 115 or it's 105, but actually it's only worth this much, and that part of that guarantee is an injury guarantee. So really, it's only he'd have it broken down to. You know, it's a $100 million deal, but really he's guaranteed, uh, you know, $12.50. Yeah. You know, that's sort of how he would he would work it down. So that's the lesson we learned from the professors. Let, let's see what the guarantees are. The sticker, you know, the overall value and the the ability to make 52 in the first calendar year, that all is sort of, you know, eye-opening. Let's let's see the details. Let's see what it says before we, we go crazy one way or the other on this. All, all right. right. The three three one zero is that where you... you because they just texted in exactly what you said, basically about. Oh, Clayton. did they? Yeah. Oh no, yeah, it I was didn't really even, interesting. They're scrolling too quick. Clayton, for me to Clayton would say, "Let's wait and see." Yeah, <laughs> there yeah, we go. They're right. They're right, and he was right. Uh, all right, coming up, the franchise tag deadline might have helped finalize this Seahawks and Geno Smith deal. We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on Seven Ten. Wyman and Bob, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, the breaking news for those of you just tuning in, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks coming to terms on a three-year, $105 million extension. Uh, the, the only details we've seen to this point are that there is the ability to earn $52 million in the first calendar year of the deal. Now, what that means, we don't know. We don't know what the – I'm sure there's roster bonuses, there's incentives based on – individual numbers probably incentives based on pro bowl based on getting to the playoffs and then okay you win the wild card round or you win the first round or you win the nfc title game you win the super bowl i'm sure there's numbers attached to every achievement along the way that could bring it up to that number so for those that are freaking out going 52 million in year one what a joke he's not guaranteed that that's not what the deal says as far as we know. It's up to that much. Right. And then we'll see what the incentives break out to. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, that that was something that I had in a contract one year, that uh, that if we won 75% of our AFC West games, there was a bonus. Yeah. Uh, making it to the playoffs, there was a bonus. Did you have a Pro Bowl? If no, you made it there, would you have gotten some? I wouldn't have. I, I don't know, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it was never activated. That's all I know. <laughs> you never triggered that part of the deal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember that being in there because I remember my agent wanting to keep it all about the team. Okay. You know? and so, but it, I'm sure we, if he wanted paid, to. We get paid. Yeah. Right. I'm sure if he wanted to, though, he could have made it into, if Dave comes up with a, 
100 tackles, he gets this much more. Yeah. If he, you know, if he comes up with three or more interceptions or five or whatever number he wanted to throw out there, you would achieve a certain marker. There would yeah. be a bonus attached to these different achievements. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, and it was funny when I guess I knew about it when I signed it cuz I was always like Marvin, is this a good deal? And if he said yes, then I would sign it because yeah. he was amazing. But, um, yeah, when I went up, so at that time, the GM, it wasn't the GM. Uh, it was, he was like the comptroller, meaning the guy that doles out all the checks. Mm. Uh, Mickey Loomis, yeah, who's now the guy with, uh, with the Saints. And I remember him going, geez, all this money, these bonuses we're paying you. We might as well have Boz back here. Wow. And, and I remember going, just hand the check over okay <laughs> and save a, the commentary nobody needs your commentary i didn't ask for that yeah but i like mickey mickey's a good guy but uh, i just remember kind of scowling about it and i'm like really we we just went to the playoffs we won 75 percent. why would you not be happy with that it's it's is a this good your deal. money what, what, what's the, yeah i what's mean the is, thing this, up here? is this personal or yeah, yeah. so but, do no. you do you think the the franchise tag deadline pushed him to get this done or you think this has happened it, it just happened now I, I felt my my feel was they were comfortable with where they were at, and if they had to use that, they would have just to extend their bargaining time. But I don't know if this pushed them like, okay, guys, we got to get this done. Let's nail this down because the deadline's tomorrow. Right? Uh, no, not necessarily. I guess I, I see it as I feel like the way John has, and we've looked him in the eye and and talked to him about it that. It felt like they were close. It didn't feel like they were ever at a point where it was like, "Oh boy, they just blew that up." Yeah, you know. So, no, I don't. I don't think so. But maybe. it's, yeah. a, it's a good question. Yeah, not and, a great question, but a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll ask him on Thursday. We, I'm yeah. sure, at that point, he'd be, he'd be forthcoming if the deal's done. Like, yeah, well, we were, you know, we we were close the whole time. We were just working out the particulars and. You know, because we had asked him about, you know, using the the um, the franchise tag and why that's not something that they do or teams do a lot. And he stated kind of the, you know, we're assuming, yeah, because it's it's pretty punitive when it comes to your your salary cap. If you don't get an extension worked out where you can spread that money out, all that money becomes guaranteed that year. Here's how he responded to that. You have to have flexibility within your within the cap. You know, you always have to do that if you want to to to. Uh, try to continue to uh, build your team all throughout the year. You know, I'm talking all the way through the trade deadline or, you know, extending guys at the end of seasons and everything like that. So this could be, you know, this could be prohibitive. You know, I've, you know, obviously there's, there's different positions where it makes sense, you know, because the, the number's not quite as high, you know, like, that was a big deal for us to get the deal done with Jason Myers. I think I talked to you guys about that a couple of weeks ago. Kicker's a position, you know, you you can you can you know you can you can stomach it. We didn't want to do that, and uh, so we we were able to work with his agency and and uh, and get a deal done. But yeah, I've never really looked at it as a negative thing when people say, oh, you know, you get the franchise tag because if you get a franchise tag, you know, it's a, it's 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 a it's a significant amount of money, especially at the premium positions. Yeah, ask Kirk Cousins. Well, you know, you know, it's a weird thing too, and I know we we had this on on here somewhere that um, Deron Payne got franchise tagged, and it yeah. was nineteen million dollars. And then um, who's the running? Josh Jacobs, ten point oh nine. That is like well, robbery. Tony Pollard, the uh, running back for the Cowboys, same yeah. thing. It just to me is amazing that we're at a point where running backs are only valued almost half of what a defensive tackle. 
is just is incredible. But yeah, I mean the injuries at that position and just you know it's not like and and really you look at the interior part of the offensive and defensive line. Typically, those are the most durable players. Yeah, you know offensive tackles as well. So. You know, I, I guess that's part of it. But, I mean, you, you look at what Josh Jacobs does during the season, and they're getting him for $10 million. We saw it firsthand. Pretty sweet. He earned $10 million in that game against the Seahawks. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> what did he run for, like, 375 yards? <laughs> 228, I believe, was the number. Golly. <laughs> oh, felt still, like that. I still marvel that he was questionable up until game time. He had a bad calf. I remember that clear as day. Like, they're not sure if he's going to play. It's going to be a game-time decision. And apparently he got out there and tested it out on the field before. And, okay, I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> and he rushes for 228 yards. Unbelievable. But isn't that amazing, though? I mean, Aaron Donald, I guess, has kind of heightened the awareness of how important that is. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you see that uh, how valuable that can be to your team. And so going back to the draft, you know, hopefully – this whole thing here, signing Gino and getting that taken care of, clears the path for them to go and get some of those home record types. Uh, a couple of programming notes. Our buddy Brady Henderson, who covers the Seahawks for ESPN.com, will join us at 5 o'clock. Jordan Schultz, who had the first one I saw that had sort of the details. Pelissero was the first one that kind of said, hey, the word is there's an agreement in place. And then Jordan Schultz had the, hey, it's three years Hundred and five fifty two possible in the first year, first calendar year. Anyway, he's going to join us at four thirty. Nice. So uh, yeah, we're covering this wall to wall for those of you just tuning in and and uh, reacting to the Geno Smith extension with the Seattle Seahawks, three years, one hundred and five million dollars. We'll see if by that time we've got any more information on guarantees and incentives and all of that good stuff. In the meantime, uh, we're going to get a good look at Anthony Richardson, who put on a show and was definitely the story of the weekend at the NFL Combine. We're going to speak to the play-by-play man for the Florida Gators, Sean Kelly. He's going to join us next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.